It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. What's going on, Dolphins fans? Kyle Krabs, Locked On Dolphins, your team every day. Today is Monday, November 21st, and we are reacting to the NFL action across week 11 of the NFL regular season, plus talking about how teams may look to defend the Dolphins moving forward. You are Locked On Dolphins, your daily Miami Dolphins podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's going on, Dolphins fans? Kyle Krabs, Locked on Dolphins, your team every day. Welcome to the Monday, November 21st, 2022 episode of the show. I want to thank you guys for making Locked on Dolphins your first Miami Dolphins listen of the day. Today's episode of Locked on Dolphins is brought to you by Prize Picks. Prize Picks is daily fantasy made easy. Pick two to five players, and if they score more or less than their Prize Picks projection, you can win up to 10 extra money. On your entry, first-time users can receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 using promo code Locked On. That's PrizePicks.com. Promo code Locked On. If you're uninitiated to Locked On Dolphins, I'm a uh, lifelong Miami Dolphins fan. Your host here, Kyle Krabs, uh, co-founder of TheDraftNetwork.com. In a little case, little, small case of the bye week blues. Uh, really missed watching the Dolphins play football this weekend, but. Uh, we did see a plentiful amount of NFL action, and I figured the best place to start here would just to, to be to pull up the scores and um, acknowledge which ones went the way that we hoped that they would and which ones did not. There were uh, plenty of breaks. Uh, the Dolphins seeing the Chargers fall on Sunday Night Football uh, to the Kansas City Chiefs with a, another meltdown against the Chiefs. Uh, was an outcome that prevented the Dolphins from climbing into first place in the AFC conference standings on the bye. But it did push a potential threat for a wildcard berth, depending on how the Dolphins' rest of the season develops from here, uh, to 5-5. Five and five. And that's a team that the Dolphins will play in a few weeks, head-to-head in three weeks. They got the, the Texans, and then the 49ers, and then the Chargers. So um, that development... It was that was the one that you felt like it could break either way, and uh, you know it was a win-win scenario. The Panthers uh, couldn't get it done against the Ravens. Uh, the Raiders did beat the Broncos, so that tore those two teams down to three and seven. So that that was a good outcome for Miami. Um, Cincinnati besting Pittsburgh thirty-seven to thirty. A lot of points in that game uh, for the same spirit of why you. Didn't mind seeing the Chargers go down. You would have liked to have seen the same story from the Bengals. Uh, but the Bengals uh, have pushed themselves up into one of the three wildcard spots as things currently stand um, because the Patriots walked it off against the Jets with a punt return for a touchdown. And this is, as I look at the whole slate and games that were relevant, you know, the Browns couldn't get it done against the Bills. So the Bills are seven and three and they're, they're tied with the Dolphins in the division standings. And the Dolphins have a half game lead because they won the head to head. All the outcomes. I watched that football game in its entirety. 
Jets Patriots. Patriots won at home 10-3. The Jets had two yards of total offense in the first or in the second half of that football game. And Zach Wilson comes out after the game and he was asked, he gave, they gave him the lollipop. They said, uh, do you feel as though you guys on offense let down the defense with your performance today? And quicker than I usually string sentences together, he said no. The Dolphins will play both of these teams again. The Jets at home, the Patriots on the road. Uh, the Patriots, oh, Mac Jones, very nickel and dimey, and it's against a good Jets defense. And I'd say that the, the skill in the secondary uh, for the Jets is, is better than what Miami on the whole has at their disposal. I'd still put Xavier Howard as the best total player, and Javon Holland's an impact player, but he's playing deeper portions on the back end right now. Uh, so it, it prevents a lot of his playmaking ability to really pop. Uh, the Jets secondary with Robert Sala and, and the linebacker core is playing really, really well. But I looked at that performance, and I don't know how the Dolphins shouldn't have the expectation that they win both of those games. I know us as fans on the inside, but... If I'm Coach McDaniel and you get to Patriots week and then you get to Jets week, and obviously there's a lot that has to happen between now and then. Unless there's dramatic changes in performance from players that are on either one of these rosters, the messaging should be firm. Guys, we get take care of business. They're a more talented total football team. Zach Wilson can't complete passes at all right now. He was like 9-22 for 77 yards, and half of his yards came on an underthrown ball up the sideline to, to Denzel Mims. His wide receiver is in the locker room after the game, pitching a fit, saying this is unacceptable, and he's absolutely right. And then the reports start coming out. Well, word on the street is Zach Wilson's attitude after the game, walking around like he's not the problem, is rubbing teammates the wrong way. Good. I hope the toxicity really seeps through between now and week 18 when the Jets got to come close the season. As far as New England, obviously Miami's had success uh, in recent history against New England. They've strung wins together in succession. But even like playing Zach Wilson can still be a headache because he can run around with his legs and, and make stuff happen. Mac Jones can't do that. And they do not have the weapons. And, and, and so big picture, obviously, you have the Texans coming up. But I watched this game in its entirety intently on deciding. Oh, let's get the snapshot on where both of these teams are. I mean, they're both six and four. If the playoffs started today, the Pats would be in, the Jets would be out. But they're two six and four football teams. And... um Miami should feel very good about the opportunity to finish strong in the division with three to play. Uh, they obviously have two road games, but I think they match up very well against the Patriots and the Jets. If you get anything close to that performance, you feel really good about your chances to win the football game. Um, the Eagles knocked the Colts out of the picture. Uh, so that kind of helped further whittle the field of, of, Wild card contending teams at this point, the Colts would have to run the table to get to 10 wins. Again, I think 10 wins is kind of your magic number in the AFC. So you just start looking at the schedule and playing the math game. 
coming out of the action from the Week 11 slate, just to kind of put a bow on this. Uh, the Dolphins currently sitting, depending on the outcome of 49ers and Cardinals, which would impact the Dolphins from like a strength of schedule standpoint, uh, potential strength of victory standpoint, but largely doesn't doesn't move the needle. Um, Miami sits at 91% probably, probability to make the postseason, according to 538. Uh, with a win against the Texans, that only jumps to 93%. Uh, but that is in a vacuum. Now, in a vacuum, the Dolphins win the next two. It goes to 98%. Because that puts you at 9-3. and three. And you still got the Jets and Patriots lingering. And you got the Bills. And you got a head-to-head against a wild card hopeful in the Chargers. So there's lots ahead of you. Right? And, um... You didn't get the perfect weekend if you're a Dolphins fan and what your rooting interests were, but I, th- I think you got a lot a lot of positive breaks and a lot of positive takeaways as we come out of the bye week and get ready to play the Texans and kind of hit reset and get focused on what lies ahead uh, for the Miami Dolphins down this final what, six, seven, seven game stretch. Not a math guy. You guys know that by now. Before we go any further on the show, we talked to you about our friends over at Total Wine. This holiday season, find what you love at Total Wine and more. With so many great bottles to choose from, it's easy to find a new favorite cab or Chardonnay or the perfect gifts for everyone on your list to help with some help from a friendly guide. And with all the confidence of knowing that you found something special for the lowest price, too, it's a great place to go shopping for the holidays. Love what you find only at Total Wine and more curbside pickup and delivery available in most areas. Visit TotalWine.com to learn more. Please drink responsibly and be 21. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. So one of the questions that I got on Power to the Pot was if you were a defense, if you were a defensive coach, how would you try to strategize defending this Miami Dolphins offense? And it's a great question. We are now through uh, the vast majority of week 11. Uh, The Dolphins sit sixth in the NFL in scoring offense with 25.2 points per game. Uh, They are third in the NFL in total yards. Uh, They are sixth in the NFL in fewest turnovers. They are third in the NFL in touchdown passes. They are second in the NFL in passing yards. They are first in the NFL in net yards per attempt. They are 27th in the NFL in rushing yards, but we've seen the uptick in the last couple of weeks. Uh, that we went 111, 107, 77, 195 after the bye, or uh, after Tua Tungvaloa's return. 
I should say. So after 65, 86, 41, 85, you go 137, 73, 111, 107, 77, 195. It's a little bit more like what your expectations were for a Coach McDaniel offense. And, of course, Jeff Wilson, um, 170 rushing yards, 85 per game for the Dolphins on 13 carries. Mostert averaging 12 carries, 54 yards per game. Uh, Mostert leads the team with 543. So all of the discussion around Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddell, I think if you're going to defend this team offensively, there's a couple, there's, there's two different schools of thought. You are going to have to have stud corners, absolute stud corners that can play man-to-man and have really quick feet. Denzel Ward is a really good example of the kind of corner that I think has a recipe to play successful man-to-man coverage uh, against the Miami Dolphins. That That's a really good player with elite short area quickness. The challenge is, of course, finding two corners like that on the same roster. So if you look through what we have through the rest of the bye, or after the bye, Texans, Derek Stingley's a top pick, but you're right. You temper your expectations. The 49ers, uh, they lost Emmanuel Mosley. Uh, the Chargers, they've lost J.C. Jackson. The Buffalo Bills, uh, Tredavious White is not back uh, yet. We might see him back. The Packers with Jair Alexander is a good one. Uh, the Patriots do have quick-footed corners. A couple of young guys, Marcus Jones, uh, obviously was, was involved in the punt return for the touchdown. Uh, against the Jets, and then the Jets have um, DJ Reed and Sauce Gardner. I think out of all of these teams, if the Bills had a healthy Tredavious White, they'd probably be the best DB group that you have. Uh, The Packers with Jair Alexander, I believe Eric Stokes Jr., who was an early pick for them in recent years, um is on IR, but they do have Rasul Douglas as well, who's a little, n- not quite as as quick foot fire, but he, he's a quality starting corner in the NFL. And then obviously the Jets with Sauce Gardner and, and DJ Reed, which I'm very excited to see what the Dolphins offense looks like with Tua Tungvalo at the helm versus um, anybody else. <laughs> Uh, which was the case for the first matchup. Obviously, Teddy gets knocked out on the first play of the game. So, you're not, I don't think any of these teams have two of the kind of guy that you can play, man. But what you can do, and, and the Browns did a little bit of this, is you, you can play some blended coverages and half-field coverages. And, and if you've got a Jair Alexander or a Tredavious White, you can play man-to-man with one of those players. And then you can zone up the other side. And where the challenge, of course, becomes if the Dolphins get wind of you doing that, they're going to put both the speed guys on the same side of the formation, right? Uh, so the other way to comp- contend and, and compete against it is what another thing that you saw the Browns do a lot of, uh, which was they played a lot of quarters. And uh, the Bills are a notorious quarters-type team. Um, the Texans are a Tampa 2-type. Um, there should be a lot of room over the middle of the field if that inside backer is going to be driving, flying out of there, trying to carry deep middle. Uh, and then, of course, uh, you, you've got in cover two uh, the honey hole between the deep safety and the and the flat corner who's squatting. 
a lot of corner routes. Dolphins will have opportunities to attack uh, middle of the field, uh, underneath the Mike linebacker, and in the honey hole on the sideline on the other side. Uh, the 49ers are from the same school of thought as what the Jets are, obviously with Robert Sala and D'Amico Ryans and all part of that, that coaching staff there that you know, went to the Super Bowl and played the Chiefs real hard. Uh, they're, they're a deep zone team, uh, but they don't, they're don't. they more of a cover three team than, than a quarters team. Uh, the Bills are a quarters team for sure. Uh, the Patriots will, will throw anything at you. I think they're, they're far enough in the weeds that they could, could break anything out against you at any given point in time. So playing quarters, I think this is where the, the biggest needle mover comes for the Dolphins and what they've done, especially the growth that they've shown. Quarters is, of course, you divide the back end of the defense and you divide it into cover two is two players responsible for the entire field, half and half. Cover three, a third, a third, a third. And we're not math guys here, not, not math guys and gals, but we can figure this out. So cover four is quarter, 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 quarter. It protects you from vertical routes. It, it keeps you soft on the back end and allows you to keep things in front of you. And there's more protection for passing off if there's, there's deeper layered routes. Um, because you're going to have a hard time really flooding quarters deep. But quarters means your corners or your, your two outside most quarter players, they're responsible for getting depth, right? So they're not really involved in the run fit. And you got two high safeties that are each responsible for a quarter on the interior of the field. So you have four players that have to be worried about getting out of there and taking depth and protecting vertically which means now you have seven players to fit the entire rest of the field. You can run the ball against those kinds of looks. You're going to have a lot of success. I don't think it's a coincidence that the Browns played six, cover six, which is half field and two quarters and, and straight quarters, and the Dolphins ran the ball for 195 yards. And the ability of the Dolphins' offense to run downhill and run between the tackles and run with physicality and fire off at you is a layer that you didn't really have with Raheem Mostert. Raheem Mostert's been excellent. But if we, if we talk about Raheem Mostert's skill set, he is a horizontal flow player. Jeff Wilson is not. So if teams want to play you in man, uh, good luck finding the horsepower to fully cover the Dolphins' offense and their weapons in man coverage. Especially if the Dolphins, they're, they're zone beaters and there's man beaters, right? And usually man beaters, when you're talking about route combinations, you want to run away from leverage. You could do that a couple different ways. Shift in motion and, and you know getting your pre-snap indicators and then having a motion involved where somebody is in motion at the snap is a good way to do that because they're, they're off the line of scrimmage by default. Otherwise, it's a legal formation or a legal shift. Um, but if the Dolphins trust Tyreek and Jalen to beat man coverage without having them be the pieces that are moving, and now Trent Sherfield or Mike Gusecki or Alec Ingold 
is a player who is in motion to naturally give them an edge against man coverage. Those two guys on the outside and Waddle and Hill, they can beat man coverage on their own. Now, yeah, it gets really exciting when you have a rub or you have them in short motion or jet, jet motion or whatever else. And they should still have the opportunity to do that. But when teams try to lock those guys up, and you, you saw like Detroit would play man, and then they'd take the extra safety and just commit one to each of them. So they double-team both of them. It's unheard of. Okay, so now we're going to run a rub concept or a motion concept to not Jalen or Tyreek, and we're going to manufacture the rubs to get free against that man coverage because you're leaving everybody else on an island if you're doubling both Tyreek and Jalen. Okay, right? Like We've seen the offensive infrastructure. There's a lot of high IQ stuff. So I know this conversation is supposed to be, well, how do you defend the Dolphins and what, what do you do? But as I keep trying to walk my way into explanations, the, the, you're going to have an opportunity to have an answer. And that's really exciting if you're a Dolphins fan because that really hasn't been the case. So I think the recipe to beating the Dolphins is probably playing quarters coverage or playing deep deeper coverage, playing softer coverage, and forcing them to um, complete things underneath and methodically work their way down the field. you got to have to tackle really well. I think your pass rush has to get home and probably your interior pass rush. Uh, I, I don't know that, that off the edge is going to give you the needle-moving success that you need versus your interior rush you're going to have to force to a tongue blow off his spot quick. Right, so I think you're going to have to have a winning player inside to win interior rushes with consistency for 60 minutes. I'm playing quarters behind it, or, or like the Jets 49ers style cover three behind it. And you got to have dudes in the middle. Like your second level players, whether they're hybrid safeties that have rolled down or they're linebackers, you got to have dudes that can cover a lot of grass. So when I look at this schedule, the 49ers have one of the best linebacker duos in the NFL with Dre Greenlaw and Fred Warner. They don't really have an interior guy, but they do have Nick Bosa. And I guess Eric Armstead could be that kind of player. They're a team that I think has enough kinds of pieces to challenge you. I look at the Chargers. I don't think they have the interior rush pieces. They do have two studs off the edge, although we don't know what Joey Bosa's status for that game in three weeks is going to be. They're down one of their best corners in J.C. Jackson, even if he didn't play like it at the beginning of the year. And they don't have linebacker. Now they've got Derwin James. So that's a player that could wreck the whole game plan. If he plays like a man possessed and he's really dialed in and, and he picks up on tendencies. So I wouldn't eliminate the Chargers from being a team that has success defending the Dolphins, but I don't think they have the rush pieces inside. And they certainly don't have the linebackers. The Buffalo Bills. They've got Ed Oliver. Interior pass rusher, penetration type. They play quarters coverage. They've got Tredavious White and Matt Milano. One of the best linebacker duos in the NFL. They, like the 49ers in my mind, have the pieces to really challenge to defend you. I think about the Packers. Kenny Clark. Um, he could push the pocket on you, but he's not a quick twitch player, right? So I think he 
uh, presents some challenges. Uh, Quay Walker, the rookie linebacker, rangy player, but he's a rookie. Can you get him with the eye discipline? I think the Packers will probably try and have Jair play man on somebody and just try bracket the other guy. So that opens up kind of a different world of possibilities. Packers, I mean, generally speaking, they've they've been a really good pass defense this year, statistically speaking, from a yards allowed perspective, until the Titans cooked them up. But here's the other variable with the Packers that I don't think we should overlook, and Rayshon Gary's not going to play the rest of the season with an injury. I'm going to read you some numbers. 126, 180, 34. Weird number. Uh, 167, 125, 179, 166, 153, 177, 159, and then 88. Those are the rushing team rushing yardage allowed by the Green Bay Packers thus far this season. The only two teams they have kept under 100 yards were the Bucks in Week 3 and this past week against the Titans on Thursday Night Football when Tennessee came in there and threw for 320 on them. Scored 27 points. This Dolphins running game, I think, can really get after the Packers and that negates what I think you have with a player like Jared Alexander and the ability to bracket just the other guy. We obviously have a couple other teams left on the schedule, but before we get there, I'm going to tell you about our friends over at Prize Picks. Prize Picks is daily fantasy done right. You pick two to five players, and if they go more or less than their Prize Picks projection, you can win up to 10x your money on your entry. There's no competing against other people. It's you versus the house. Prize Picks offers projections on any sport that you watch, including... NFL, NBA, MLB, NHL, PGA, college football, men's and women's college basketball, soccer, WNBA, esports, NASCAR, tennis, MMA, boxing, disc golf, your basketball, cricket, and believe it or not, more. Entries can be made in 60 seconds or less with safe and fast withdrawals. Prize Picks is currently operational in over 30 states and Canada. Download the Prize Picks app or go to prizepicks.com to sign up and play daily fantasy sports. First time users can receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 with promo code locked on. You put a hundo in, they're going to give you another hundo. You put 50 in, they're going to give you another 50. So don't forget to use promo code at sign up for an instant deposit match up to $100. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. The rest of the schedule for Miami. They have Patriots and Jets. Now, Patriots have traditionally been a cover one man. You know, in money situations, they're probably going to default to playing man. Cover one man with a robber in the hole. You saw that on the fourth down in which the Dolphins took a motion and then created leverage run a man-beater in which Jalen Waddle runs away from the leverage of the outside aligned defender on fourth and seven for a touchdown in the season open. I think the Patriots' defense is much improved, um, but here's where I do kind of get stuck. I want to read through some names for you guys. 
Uh, the Detroit Lions, the Cleveland Browns, the Chicago Bears, the New York Jets, the Indianapolis Colts, the New York Jets. Of those teams, the Lions scored zero. The Browns scored 15 with Jacoby Brissett. Uh, the Bears put a 33 on them because the Patriots turned it over four times. The Jets scored 17. The Colts scored three, and the Jets scored three. The Patriots, in those last two games against Sam Ellinger's Indianapolis Colts and Zach Wilson's New York Jets, have given up a combined 224 yards of offense and 14 first downs in the last 120 minutes. So you can look at the New England Patriots and their performance, and you could say, wow. Statistically speaking, they are fourth in the NFL on fourth down. They're, they're sixth in the NFL in red zone conversion defensively. They're top 10 in the NFL in third down percentage. They've really turned the corner. And yeah, maybe they did. They're second in the NFL in points allowed per game, 16.9. But context is key. And you know what? I look at the rest of the schedule for the New England Patriots. And we're going to find out real quick because between now and the time they play the Dolphins in week 17, They're at Minnesota, home against the Bills on a short week, and the Cincinnati Bengals are three of the five games they play between now and then. Jamar Chase will be back by December 24th. So we're going to find out real quick just how good this Patriots defense is. And then obviously the Jets, um, kind of tough to get a threshold for them against Miami because the first game was skewed the way that it was. But uh, I feel pretty optimistic about Miami's ability to move the ball and convert points much more effectively than what they did the first time around against the Jets. So I think you're going to have to probably look bigger picture. There's a couple teams. I think San Francisco and Buffalo probably present the two biggest challenges for the Dolphins um, from a personnel standpoint the rest of the way, and then you're going to get into the postseason, and then Hopefully we can have that conversation going into the postseason and, and look at the playoff field. And I, I'd love nothing more for them for the Dolphins to win the next three games and get to that magic number of 10. So then that way our attention can kind of focus fully on the landscape. But right now, right now, we have the Texans to worry about. And um, the Dolphins are coming out of the bye. They're going to be home. They were home before the bye. So should be well-rested. Uh, the Texans just laid a complete egg against the uh, Washington Commanders. Uh, they lost 23-10 to 10 was, I believe, the final score of that football game. And just a quick touch in on the uh, Houston Texans. Uh, they are 1-8-1. and one. They scored... under 20 points in four consecutive games. They have not scored 21 points in a game since October 2nd, week four. They went 13 by week 20, 10, 17, 16, 10. Uh, they have at least one turnover in the last five games. They've turned the ball over twice in three consecutive games. Uh, they have failed to surpass 175 yards of offense twice in the last four games against the Titans and the Commanders. Uh, they did get after the Eagles offensively a little bit. They rushed the ball for 168 yards. 
I don't think they're going to have that kind of success rushing against the Dolphins. I, I think probably somewhere like the 80 yards that they posted against the Broncos or the 77 yards that they posted rushing the ball against the Colts. Damian Pierce, a good player. Um, the Texans rushed for 21 yards on Sunday against the Commanders. Wow. Well, um, we'll dive into the Texans this week. Uh, obviously, Miami being home last game in November before we flip the calendar over. It's an exciting time for Dolphins fans. So plan accordingly. Make sure you hit subscribe and keep it locked in. Right here on Locked On Dolphins, your team every day. Thanks for checking out the show. I'll talk with you guys again tomorrow. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.